Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mum podcast, brought to you as always by the lovely Goldie Accountancy, wearegoldie.com. Hi, how are you? I am good. I have a nice story to start this podcast with. Um, so I've not been well for a couple of weeks now. I've been moaning about it a lot with my endometriosis, so I'm sorry I've been moaning. But for some reason, the pain has just been going on for a lot longer this time, but it's not been too bad. But anyway, so on Sunday the 3rd of April, so a couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to go and see Thundercat, um, who's an artist that I really love, but I wasn't able to because I wasn't well. Um, And also they'd moved the venue from Roundhouse, which is like in Camden, near Camden, to Brixton Academy, which is obviously in Brixton, which is a bit further away from me, and I just didn't have it in me to go that far. And also I was taking my um, eldest daughter, Lola, and the roundhouse, the setup's just a bit more child friendly, I think, than Brixton Academy. I just didn't feel comfortable taking her to Brixton Academy. And anyway, I couldn't because I wasn't well enough. So I missed that. So I was a bit gutted about that because this has been put off for two years. But the following Saturday, I had tickets to go and see Robert Glasper at a church in Hackney. And throughout the week, I was just thinking, I've got to go. I can't not go. But the thought of standing up for a number of hours, I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So anyway, my sister contacted the venue to find out if there was anything they could do to accommodate me because I really needed to sit down. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Just get there 10 minutes before the doors open and we'll give you access to the upstairs. So that's what we did. And the venue's amazing. It's Hackney Church. I think it's called St John's at Hackney. If you ever get a chance to go to a gig there, then go. It's beautiful but anyway so Robert Glasper came on it was absolutely amazing and then Leanne Le Havis came out and sang the cover of um, Radiohead's Weird Fishes that she's done recently which is one of my you know when you hear a song and you just absolutely love it and it, it, it had that effect on me so when she came out to start singing that I was just like really overwhelmed because it was just so amazing and then Common came on stage <laughs> and sang, well, a couple of songs, and one of which has been my ringtone for God knows how many years. Um, the Light, of course, his big hit. But it was honestly just one of the most 
amazing nights of my life and it because I've been in and not well for so long then going to a gig the everyone there was lovely all the staff were lovely the organizers were lovely the crowd was lovely it was just such a lovely experience and Robert Glasper on stage he had loads of different guest musicians coming on and everyone just kept hugging each other it was so lovely so I had just had the best night of my life and it was really nice to have a really nice experience after the fucking shit week I'd had well weeks but anyway so I just wanted to share that because I think he's done um if you listen to six music he did a um little thing with Marianne Hobbs for about half an hour so you can still find that online if you want to listen to that um yeah but it was just amazing I love Robert Glasper though if you don't know who he is and I suggest you check him out he's got a new album out he's just really good he works with loads of people anyway that was my little happy story that I wanted to tell you this week um against all odds <laughs> so the gorgeous B ducks is a girlfriend of my very good friend and I've wanted to get her on the podcast for ages because I love her she's lovely and I really wanted to talk about her job because she is she works in the sex industry and it's her job and she loves it but it's such a taboo subject and also she goes through so much shit just trying to get any kind of workers' rights, which are pretty much non-existent. And I just really wanted to talk about it with her to explore different things because I wanted to be educated on it because I don't really know that much about it and all the battles she faces and everything. So, um, yeah, she agreed to come on. And then for some reason it's just been not been able to happen for ages. But it has happened and it was lovely. We are joined by her beautiful dog, Finley who likes to comment as well quite a lot throughout the podcast. And also she was having internet issues. So it's actually all right, considering. <laughs> but if there's a couple of bits where it sounds a little bit weird, then I'm sorry, it's just where kind of it dropped out and then dropped back in. But I have done the best I can. Oh, yeah, because she recorded, her recording didn't come out either. So, yeah, it's just all been a bit of a... It's like the universe didn't want it to happen. And I don't know why that would be, because it's a really lovely chat. So, anyway, I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you in a bit. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Work. Work. Hello? We could... Hello. If your phone's better, we could do it on your phone. Uh, I've connected my laptop to my phone's internet. Okay. So hopefully, I'll be honest, there was some um, like drilling nearby earlier. So I don't know if they're doing some sort of... On this podcast, the world is against this podcast happening, (laughs) I swear. The universe is just like, "Eh, we'll throw a little Robloxx in there. I'll throw a little internet connection issues. We're going to figure out the the answers to all the problems in the world. That might and be it. And not ready for it yet. That could very well be it. I'm going to go ahead I and reckon. say that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what's happening. Because <laughs> evil forces <laughs> are against us. It's so nice to see your face. Oh, it's wonderful to see yours. You're gorgeous human. Oh, love it. How are you? And I love all your plants. Thank you. Most of them are like... I was trying to decide where to have the webcam set up because usually... I'll like turn it that way and then I'll sit on a chair. But Finley yeah. is very much insistent on sitting on the chair that I usually use to look out the window today. So that's that's not happening. The joys of being a dog parent. Whatever he says goes because he can't speak English. So There you go. How um, is he? He's gorgeous and wonderful and How long have you had him now? So I went to go and pick him up. I rescued him on the 31st of December 2020. And he was 10, 11 months old when I got in. 10 months old? Yep. Something like that. I don't know. Um, So I got him just before his first birthday. And now I've had him over a year. Yeah. Oh, God, I love this boy. I'm very much like, I'm... I'm not his favourite. I'm just the constant in his life. I'm the person that's always there. <laughs> but then when Pip comes, whenever Pip's around, it's very, very clear that I am second fiddle. Pip is the love of his life. Oh, my days. Really? Yeah, he loves him. When Pip leaves, he Finley just doesn't speak to me for like a day. He's just like, no, Dad's gone. I don't want to talk to you. The love of my life has left. Why do you think that is? Probably because Pip's so hairy, he probably mistakes him for another dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pip is as hairy as a beast, so he probably just but likes cuddling up to this giant. <laughs> but it is interesting, isn't it? Because obviously you're there all the time and you're his mum. And he, I'm sure that you are I his favourite. But it's, yeah, I suppose. But then maybe you want the thing that's not always there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he I does mean, go, maybe it's more... It, it must just be like absence makes heart grow fonder because Pip yeah. will insist that like if I'm in the house Finley won't leave the front door to go for a walk like he won't leave with Pip if he knows that I'm in the house and yeah. he had um he had a week at Pip's when I was away and he was saying oh he just sat on your dressing gown the whole time and cried and I'm just thinking I think you're lying I think that's untrue. I think you've had the best week ever and you're feeling bad for me because Finley didn't even realise I was gone. That's what I believe happened. Oh, I'm sure he did. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's it's honestly the thing is Finley's the type of dog where he's either the most obedient dog ever and he's he's a credit to me, he does me proud, or he's the biggest shit ever. <laughs> it's one or the other, there's no in between. And today I think he's got a little bit of um little shit energy about him. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see as the podcast Where did you goes rescue on. Him from? So I got yeah, I got him from um, Rescue Remedies, which is a rescue centre in oh crap, where is it? Surrey, I think. Yeah, Surrey. Okay. Um, and they've got they had like loads and loads of staffies, and he was listed as a staffie, and then when I went to go and meet him, I was a bit like, this dog is not a staffie because he is very yeah. muscular. He's got a massive head, and they were like, well, he was sold to his first owner as. Um, a mini American pit bull, but they don't exist. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> so I think his first owner spent about five grand on him. And um, yeah, and he's actually wow. just. Yeah. When I spoke to the vet, the vet was saying he's definitely got pit bull in him, but it's probably like a staffy Frenchie mix with a pit bull. So yeah. it's, just, it's just a very, very needy bulldog. <laughs> He is beautiful. He's Can they not do like a DNA test on him? Because Stu Riffin did that. Yeah, with Savvy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. But I don't know if I can be asked. Like, I, I, I'd, yeah. I quite love him no matter what he is. And in yes, my head, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's, he's got a bit of this in him, he's got a bit of that in him. I quite like the yeah. mystery. It's an international yeah. man of mystery. I like it. <laughs> it's like Pip. You cannot tell what nationality Pip is just by looking at him. It's like all Essex, probably. And he looks Iranian. <laughs> I'm quite true. happy. <laughs> it's so, except after his dad. <laughs> yeah. It's ginger like me and hairy like him. <laughs> so, I wanted you to come on today mm-hmm. to talk all about yourself. <laughs> I'm not good at that, actually. <laughs> Aren't you? Uh, I like to pretend, but I yeah, I'm very much but a. Um, let's talk about sex, baby. Something else. Oh yeah, and yeah. talk about sex as well. But um, but are you <laughs> are you quite an open person? Like, do you tell people everything, or do you pretend to be that and then not really say much? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think I accidentally end up saying everything because I, yeah. if especially if it's something I'm comfortable with, like you, I'll, um, I end up just saying anything that comes to the tip of my tongue. I just said yeah. tongue. I usually say tongue. That's weird, isn't it? Weird. Um, but yeah, in like some interviews, I've been very, like they've asked me something and I've gone, politician's answer. I'm going to work around this and talk about what yeah. that person does instead of me, but I'll make it sound like it's me. But yeah, I just really if it's someone uncomfortable with, I just chat shit and end up saying everything. Yeah. Well, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I like chat shit. So, where are you from? <laughs> so, I'm from. I was born in a little town called Blackburn, which is home to Blackburn Rovers, which is the only time anyone ever recognises what I'm talking about because of football. <laughs> 1994 or 1995 champions. Thank you very much, Alan nice, Shearer, nice. home of. Anyway. Yeah, so that's me just literally just spouting facts there. <laughs> RTA Labore is the uh, is the is the theme song. I don't know. Anyway, um, and so I'm from 
little tiny area that's like in between Preston and Manchester. Uh, but oh, I like okay. to say that my hometown's Darwin. Yeah, little Darwin. There's a Darwin in Australia and there's a Darwin in Texas. But the original is in England. Thank you. And that's like my, is that, my little And home. is that in Blackburn? So Darwin's like next, yeah, it's next to Blackburn. So there's like to it. the te- the the area's like Hindburn, Blackburn with Darwin. Okay. All very, all very interesting. It's just basically one shit all after the other. So well, this this. Oh god! My nipples out. It's just happened. Oh, is it? I started, I started talking what? and then went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything. Um, that's why I got a cardio. How, what have you got on? Why do your tits keep falling out of it? I've got on, right. Here's the, here's the thing. It's like a full body suit thing that's really yeah. comfy. But I really needed a wee. So I took the sleep, yeah. the, my arms out and yeah. then thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to need a wee again today at some point. I'm just not going to put the arms back in. <laughs> so I put the cardigan on and now my boobs are just woo, flailing about. That's why, then, because you're not actually dressed properly. <laughs> because I'm not. It's not just and I rarely ever am. Top. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you I don't find, have giant boobs. You, you work from home. Yes. So do you find that when you're at home and not working, you're just, you don't get dressed? Or do you, are you one of the people that always gets up in the morning and gets dressed? Well, my work entails not being dressed anyway so what i tend to do <laughs> get up get in pajamas get ready for work get naked get back in pajamas <laughs> so that's me yeah Which yeah. Are, yeah so how long have you been working in the sex industry um oh god how long's it been how old am i now i don't know how old i am anymore i just tell people i'm 24 and just leave it at that um but i I've been in the industry since I was 18, so almost 10 years. Um, but yes, I think I've been, I've been in the sex industry in one capacity. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what, though. No, because I worked at Ann Summers when I was 17. So, yeah, 10 years I've been in the adult industry in one capacity or another. So how did you get into it? Um, I, what did I do? Well, at first I started modelling, and I was modelling since I was about 16, 15, because um, my friend asked me to come and model for her for college. And then she posted the photos to a site called Purple Port, which used to be like a modelling networking thing. Um, And other photographers got in touch with her and said, who's this model? I want to work with her. So I started, like, safe for work modelling. And in Tumblr... When, when Tumblr was a thing and it was just porn and bullshit, um, I came across this model called Ash Marie, who we follow each other now and I talk to her and it's like, oh my God, my idol. Um, but I saw, it was this video of her and she was making fart noises with her, the pit of her knee. And yeah. the, the caption was, I love my job. And I was like, hang about. that. What do you mean you love your job? Because you're making fart noises. So I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and found out that she's a cam girl. And I yeah. thought, she literally gets paid to sit around in underwear and just laugh and do dumb shit and dance and wiggle and sometimes she gets her boobs out. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that sounds like a bit of me, actually. That sounds cracking, I want to do that. 
So between 17 and 18, I spent the whole year researching and seeing like what campsite I want to go on, which which campsites I didn't like the look of, what other models did, what I felt comfortable with. Um, I just spent what? the whole year. For those who don't know what a campsite is, what is a campsite? So a campsite, such as Chatterbit or My Free Cams, is a website you can go to where there may be hundreds of thousands of people, usually women, streaming. So it's all like live streams. Um, right. And you can click on their little icon and you go into their room and within that room, they'll usually be doing sexual acts. Yep. So it's it's an adult entertainment form. That's so do you ever. pay to go on the website or pay... How does it work money-wise? Um, it differs from different websites, but the majority um, of them, it's free to make an account um, and you can either pay directly through... Um, I forgot CC bill and things like that, or you can like top up your account with tokens, and then right, the model okay. is paid in tokens, and then they pay those, they cash out those tokens to their bank account. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So that like each website has their own sort of form of crypto payment. Yep. And I've just realised that that's each website has their own form of crypto pay. They have tokens. That's what crypto is. I've been. I've been honestly. <laughs> I keep thinking to myself, I need to find out what crypto is and NFTs, and then I just think, oh, what's the, I can't be asked. But I've been dealing with it this whole time, and I've only just realised. Oh, oh my god! They Jesus. just call things other things to make people think they don't know what they're talking about. But actually, yeah, I guess yeah. it's yeah, yeah, because I suppose it gets people to sort of like spend more because if you say I'm going to pay you a fiver, or you say I'm going to give you five hundred tokens, the tokens yeah. sounds way better. Yep. So that's very clever. It's very clever, how they, clever. how they get people to spend. And there's probably some tax thing or something that also there's a, there's got to be a reason why they do it like that. There will be. Yeah. It's, it's like, all tax evasion. With like all these festivals where you can't, it's not a cash bar, you have to buy drinks tokens from a thing and then take the tokens to the bar. Yeah. And then there was, because I work for a DJ agency and I've just done a contract for someone playing at a festival and the festival doesn't, you don't pay to entrance for the festival, you just buy a drinks package. Okay. But then you get entrance to the festival. And I'm thinking, why are they doing that? But there's got to be some, yeah, anyway. There'll be some sneaky tax thing there's, going on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so so you spent the year researching. Mm-hmm, I did, yeah. And then and I, I discovered that um, I wasn't the biggest fan of my labia. So I thought, I'm not going to do open leg stuff. Okay. But I am comfortable with getting my boobs out because I've got great tits. I'm going to yep. get those out. I'm going to be myself because I like being a bit of a dork online. So I'm just going to do that and I'm going to join my free cams and I'm going to be a cam girl and it's all going to be great. So I did. And then when I was 18, I started camming. And then through camming, I met other models. And do you know, I was actually, at the time, I was on Tinder and I matched with a model that was in Front magazine, because I was also in Front at the time. So we like we must have crossed paths somewhere. Matched yeah. with her, and she messaged me and said, I'm giving my best friend a threesome for his birthday. Do you want to come down to London? And I was like, this sounds <laughs> dangerous. I am in. So I went down to London, had a threesome, had a great time. And she said, I know this person who owns another website called Extreme Playpen. 
And then she put me in contact with her. And then I shot for them for ages. It's all very much how you know and who you sleep with. It's, it's yeah. Much, I think, pretty much. And then I um, got involved in that. And then Suicide Girls came along. And it's all just natural progression. So when you started with the cams, what did you do? You just set up an account? And then what do you... Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> what did you do? You just <laughs> yeah. want to sit there and wait for well, someone to <laughs> I'll write all this down for you later and send it in an email. But you um, you make an account and then you apply to be um, a creator. You apply to be a cam girl. And you've got to send over, like, um, your ID and then a photo of you with the ID and all that malarkey. And then within 24 hours, you either accepted or declined. I was accepted almost immediately obviously um but part of my research was things like i noticed that um customers i don't i never know what word to use fans followers the people spending the money were yeah. engaging a lot more with people that had a full room set up so somebody that had actually planned out the background people yeah. that had planned out games that had like fully planned out a whole stream rather than just sitting in front of it and going if someone tips me, I'll show you my left nipple. Like people that have really planned a whole thing out. Yeah. So I planned out my background. I got myself a really good webcam. This is all all this information stuff on the internet that I really think that if you're going to be getting involved in the adult industry, you need to just do all the research yourself because people yeah. can tell you everything, but until you've learned it, you're not gonna you're not gonna fully take it all in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I signed up made a model account and then for the first week that you're on my free cams you get a little banner that says new model um so that's when you've really hit it hard go on every single day for as long as you can yeah um, and make as much money as you can in that first week to kind of gain all your fans and then from then on you've got your regulars and there are people that follow me now on fansly that were there for my first night on my free cams and they've been with me this whole time and they're like wow I know it's min. Honestly, this industry, I, you do genuinely make friends with the people that buy things. Yeah. Like there's a guy called Dan who I adore, and he's been there since day dot. And it's not. It isn't like he's dropping thousands of pounds all the time or anything like that. But he's just constantly been there. So he's like yeah. a proper little friend now, and I adore him. He's great. Mm. <laughs> so what do you do now? Because you don't do the cams anymore, do you? No, I could do. Um, I, I'd still have a fan base over there if I did want to do it. Um, I don't know. I don't really know why. I think just getting older, going through the several puberties that women go through. I'm, I've gone a little bit like, oh, I don't. My body doesn't look like it did when I was nineteen. So if no one wants to look at this. Is it true? Very silly. Something that I need to internally deal with. But no, I'm not doing cams much anymore. So now I'm on a website called Fansly, which is like. Only fans, but they're not constantly threatening to ban us all the time. Yeah. So now I'm on there and I do um, like photo sets and video content. So yeah. it's all adult, nude, fun things. And people sign up, um, make an account, and then they pay a monthly fee to access my content. Yeah. So it works a lot better than coming, in my opinion. With the, with the OnlyFans, do they, are you completely off of there now? I still, so I still have my free account because there are thousands of people signed up. So that's like yeah. a little promotion thing. I've got my page OnlyFans that's just constantly on a discount now because it's got 
like over 2,000 photos and videos. So that's sort of like a yeah. backlog that people can sign up to and immediately get access yeah. to all that. But all yeah. of my new stuff will be on Fansly because that's where I kind of want people to migrate to. Yeah. So, so what happened with them, for, again, for people that don't know, so OnlyFans was set up, was it set up initially to be like an adult site or was it kind of set up to do um, other things? I think just like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it was set up as a website initially meant to be safe for work and porn stars took over it and made it popular because it, it, the right. exact same thing happened with Instagram as an example. It wasn't that wasn't that big and then people with massive um, porn followings were invited to join and they said, you've got a great following, come and join our website. They bring over millions of people and then the website goes, we don't really want to be associated with porn anymore, so we're going to delete your account, but keep all of your followers. So, and that's why Instagram are constantly over-censoring sex workers and deleting our profiles left, right and reborn. It's ridiculous. So OnlyFans didn't mean to be the first protocol for mainstream porn, but unfortunately that is um, yeah. what became. I mean, like OnlyFans did do, they've done a hell of a lot as far as bringing sex work to the mainstream because, I mean, OnlyFans is mentioned in a Beyonce song. So, you know, it's, it's one of them. But unfortunately, they have kind of um, taken all the benefits of sex work and then tried to drop us on our arses. Yeah. But they re... Because they did say that they were going to get rid of all the adult content. Yeah. But then they... Ret did they retract that? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, OnlyFans is um, it's a private company that's owned by several people within the industry. One of those people was or is the owner or the ex-owner of Mavricams who asked for a buyout, which is where all this started. So they're a private company. And in order to go public, they need to have investments from big names, big brands, big banks. Unfortunately, yeah. those big names don't really want to invest in anything to do with adult entertainment, um, yeah. which sucks. So in order to get those investments, OnlyFans said, we're going to put a blanket ban on adult material. Yeah. After, after saying that, all adult entertainers then said, that sucks, we're going to stop using you then, obviously. And then yeah. they just saw a massive plummet in their users, the amount of money they made dropped massively over 24 hours. Um, and it's as though they sort of went, oh shit, all of our money comes from sex work. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> So then they said, thanks so much for everyone for reaching out and speaking out about this. We are going to suspend our decision. And for some reason, lots of sex workers heard, they're not doing it anymore, yay! When what they said was, we're going to suspend the decision. So yeah. carry on giving us money, and then later on, yeah. we're going to ban you. Which yeah, is yeah, now yeah. again, there's been a recent, um, there's been a recent report come out that they're going to, they are going to ban again all adult creators so they did actually just suspend the decision and they're gonna do it now yeah. which okay. sucks which it is why i'm to um fansly i mean there's the reason that private companies need to become public is because it takes a hell of a lot of money to run these websites like facebook yeah. is a multi-million pound company billion for a yeah. reason um and it takes a hell of a lot of money to keep it running. OnlyFans has a massive, massive user base. Um, and in order to keep customer service going and tech and all that sort of shit, they need money to keep it all going. Um, yeah. So that's why they become public companies. But yeah. yeah, as said, a lot of banks and 
big money people don't want to invest in sex work. So it becomes increasingly difficult for companies like OnlyFans and Instagram to keep going when they have adult user base. It sucks. It does suck. And it is, I mean, it is, when you really think about it, it's absolutely ridiculous because it is like the oldest job in the world, isn't it, really? Yeah, (laughs) essentially. It's literally the oldest job in the world. And it is everywhere. And surely it's better to be in the environment where it is not monitored, I suppose. Mm. So they are making sure that no one's getting, what's the word? Trafficked. What's the word? Trafficked and taken advantage of. Yeah. You know, or any underage stuff. You know, I mean, that's what I would imagine if they've got that much money, do they look at what you're posting and making sure that it is Yeah, I mean, suitable? there is a lot of, especially with Instagram censorship, they do tend to use, um, it's like facial recognition, facial recognition software where they look for nipples and skin tone. Which is why a lot of um, a lot of marginalised communities are just deleted off the bat because there's a lot of a certain skin tone that's seen, or there's a lot of double circle of a nipple, and then it's deleted. But every time it's reported, it supposedly it goes to a human that then looks at the post and sees if it's okay or not. But um, and it's it's purely me hypothesising, but I think that humans working for Instagram, and often they're very sorry, it's upsetting to me too. Um, Humans looking at the post is only happening when it's like a verified person or somebody with millions and millions of followers because people like Playboy or Kim Kardashian can post nipples. Playboy is, uh, not recently, but in the past, has posted images of sex, like full-on naked people enjoying each other, um, and they're not removed at all, but me down the road that has less than a million followers will have a post removed of me in a bikini because there's too much skin showing but how but how do they get away with it is it literally they just pay to have they pay them off i don't know there's there's lots of cases of people like buying 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 the verification and buying followers which in the end doesn't help them or anyone else in the industry because it makes us look like fake people which isn't very good yeah um but i think for a lot of the verified people for a lot of the famous people it is just having an in at the company because as i said it is right, at the end okay. of the day it's, it's a private company they can do whatever they want yeah if yeah. they say we don't like this person they have every right to boot you off the system because it's not it isn't a right to have an OnlyFans account it's not a right to have an instagram account they're a company yeah. and they can do what they want but unfortunately it's the censorship inequality that kind of puts some of us, especially LGBTQ um, and marginalised groups, at the bottom of the feeding yeah. thing. I'm not very good at thinking of terms just... today. No, that's all right. I'm <laughs> Isn't it that they can just delete your account? And yeah. You just lose everything. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it, even no. though it wasn't necessarily justified. Yeah. Because, again, they're a private company. They can do what they want. Yeah. It's completely unfair. Um, And for a long time, sex workers have kind of been warning everybody that what what affects us first will eventually affect everybody else. Um, And we're seeing this happen now with, like, massive censorship on Instagram. They're censoring 
more than just sex workers it's going across the board of sex toy companies and anyone that's posting about body positivity um it begins with nudity um yes despite other adult accounts being able to place um an 18 plus one on the profiles and that'd be okay but if i was to put an 18 plus warning that would flag the system as i'm posting stuff that i shouldn't which is counterintuitive um yeah it's just resulting in the removal of like countless body positivity accounts as well um it's, it's not so, a giant okay sorry <laughs> oh, well, i was just saying there's a there's a company called manners i've had um sally the woman who started it on the podcast okay. and loads of her content gets reported and banned and it's women she she her thing is she dresses all sizes so <laughs> she has models of all sizes wearing her clothes and it's obviously it's body positivity yeah and so much of her stuff gets taken down and i'm like but why why because you're not, it's not it's stupid not explicit it's not it, they're not they're not naked they're not they're wearing dresses and they're but yet loads of her stuff gets taken down but it's because it's it is oversized models basically yeah it's ridiculous there was recently yeah. um oh my god she's gonna kill me i've forgotten her name naomi oh god i'm gonna have to i'll, I'll have to go back and look at this but she uh recently took instagram to court and won because they were removing a lot of her posts and she was just posting about um body positivity on the black community and um she did actually win her case that she was being unfairly discriminated against which is amazing and that's wonderful um yeah. but that is just a little pocket of people in like she did prove that instagram were discriminating against black fat bodies which is yeah. horrendous and it's wonderful that that was seen but then there's all the other groups of people like sex workers that have been saying for a long time this is going to start happening and then now yeah. it has sex workers are once again kind of gone yeah but we're not talking about you we're talking about these people that are being discriminated against it's like guess what we've been saying for a long time yeah this is going to happen. We've been being deleted. Yeah. I know, Finley, it's horrible. It is. He's just crying because he's just so upset about how how much his mum has to go through. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He gets it. Do you want a cuddle? But yeah, but that is really scary, isn't it? But then it is, it's like yeah. you said, they're a private company. They can do whatever they want. You, you know, you sign up for free. You post what you want if they don't want you to be on there. Yeah. What it is awful. do, really? Social media definitely gives sex workers... A brilliant platform to um not only promote our businesses like any other alcohol company is allowed to do or gambling yeah. company that they're allowed to do that um but it also provides like an initial vetting process for say <clears throat> full service sex workers or anyone that works in strip clubs or anything like that um it kind of gives them an initial barrier of um if somebody's interacting with their posts in a certain way yeah they can immediately have a little note on their profile that this person is someone not trusted don't work with this person um social media is an opportunity for not only not only for sex workers to use but for sex education to happen and it yep. just it, it just isn't being utilized in the way that it could be because it's seen as sex is bad and sex work is evil and there's no such thing as sex work there's only sex trafficking and those two things are conflated and mixed up so often it yeah. I don't know how many times I can say it sucks in one conversation because unfortunately yeah. there's really not a lot we can do. There's been like sex worker unions and trade unions that work with adult performers. So Finley, I'm trying to have a conversation, pal. It's all right. Yeah. It's 
Oh, <laughs> the people listening to the podcast are going to think that I've got a dog locked in a cage. He's sat at the window looking outside, oh, crying because it looks nice out there. Do you want to come here? It's so windy, but because the sun's also yeah. shining, it's just, yeah. it's now going to, I'm ignoring him, so he's going to go and play. Excellent. Find a toy. Amuse yourself. Um, but yeah, there's been that trade unions that were up performers and um, and sex worker unions, uh, like just United Sex Workers, who I adore. Um, and they've been fighting for a long time, especially in America, taking websites like Instagram to court for a long time and trying to speak out about yeah. the fact that um, discrimination is happening on a massive level um, and the censorship and equality and um, fighting against things like Foster and Sester, um, which only goes to further marginalise and further put sex work to the back end of the re- the, the relationship, no, to the, to the internet. Um, and I've completely forgotten where this train of thought was going. I just looked outside, honestly, I, my brain today... <laughs> Thank God I'm not like on the news or something because this would just be so embarrassing. No, but you were on the news, weren't you? Was it the news? Was it like a. Yeah, I was on the news. So, what was all that about? So, that was. Billie Eilish came out and said watching pornography at a young age ruined her first sexual experiences and how. Right, okay. um, Being able to find porn so easily led her almost immediately to really violent porn. Um, so there was a big discussion yeah. about how um, should all porn be behind a paywall and is porn bad and all this all this shite. So in the past, I've had I've had a few news stations contact me and say we'd really love to have you on to talk about this, and then it's not ended up happening. Um, yeah. And this station got in touch and said we really want you on. Are you available this afternoon? And it was like the, that's my wall. That is my I'm learning to knit, Billy. <laughs> Ben. Oh, that's not going to be nice in his mouth. No, it's not. Do you want, look, there's a bone here. It's got, it's got, it's got meat on it and everything. You're such a turd sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm literally just talking about talking about me being on the news. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so <laughs> GB News. Unfortunately, it's GB News. Not one of the good ones. Um, they got in touch and said, we really want you on this afternoon to talk about Billie Eilish and sex and all that sort of crap. Um, and should, he's joining in now. Um, he wants to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah. Having a great time. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Right, sweet. Oh, God. Do you know, this was a... If it's not one thing, it's the other. And if it's not Roadworks, it's you coming in and disrupting <laughs> the whole vibe. Right. It's all good. I'm so sorry. This is just unprofessional. Oh, don't worry. It's lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I basically went on and it was with um, a presenter called... Oh, I can't remember her name. Why did I even start that sentence? I don't remember That's all right, because she didn't know your name either, did she? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked, I was literally asked three times, including, can you send a voice note with how to say your name? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And she still got it wrong. So, but no. you haven't got a weird name. It's because it looks French. It's the X. Yeah, and like I my my re- that's that's the beginning of my real name. It's not like I've just plucked yeah. some syllables and some consonants out of nowhere. Like, 
oh, it's, it just it looks French. So everyone says like Bordeaux, and I'm like, I'm from the north of England. <laughs> say it how you say it. It's B ducks. <laughs> Christ alive. Oh God. So yeah, so she got my name wrong. But it was talking about um, uh, just should all porn be behind a paywall? Which yep. for me, if I'm just talking about my own personal experience, that would be brilliant because if all of my porn was behind a paywall, none of it would be for free. No one would yep. be leaking it because you've got to pay. And I'd be making yep. a lot more money. But unfortunately, yep. that isn't the way the world works. And we've seen yep. in the past with companies like Pornhub, they've taken card details, addresses, names, and not only doxed a lot of the performers, but they then sold the information of... Um, the fans and the people paying to other companies like MasterCard. So people are well within their rights to be concerned about what these companies are then going to do with their personal and financial information. Yeah. Um, all it does is prove to be an absolute massive, massive issue. And it really just gives sites like MasterCard a, a monopoly in the financial area of it all because there's only so many businesses and companies that are large enough to handle that influx of money and payment details Um, and unfortunately mastercard is a company that just is massively against sex work they do have um in the past they've done campaigns like uh acceptance matters and mastercard champions acceptance but that doesn't apply to us apparently acceptance matters unless you're a sex worker um yeah and And, and only if it's something that they want to accept Precisely that, yeah. Yeah. It's um like the so many companies, especially around Pride season, uh, champion LGBTQIA lives and employing yeah. black people around uh, like the Black History Month, uh, but then simultaneously endangering them for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. so when you when you're talking about things like putting blanket bans on things and putting all porn behind a paywall, really all they're doing is speaking about limiting our own potential. Um, yeah. And unfortunately for a lot of sites, that's exactly what they've done. And as censorship and equality continues to grow and more and more sex workers are kicked off websites for doing exactly what um, an alcohol company does, they're limiting our earning potential and literally taking money away from us that we could be earning. Yeah. And then it's putting yeah. us more and more into the poverty um, sector, um, which pushes un- pushes un- into further unsafe practices because... For a model online that isn't making the amount of money that either they're used to or um, they're just starting and aren't able to reach the earning potential of some of the other vet models, if they feel like they have no other choice, they're going to turn to street work. And there's obviously yeah. nothing wrong with full service sex work. Big supporter. Consider doing it in the past myself. Um, but when you take things like the initial vetting processes that a social media account can offer you're putting somebody in a very unsafe situation where they aren't able to vet their clients as well as they would be yeah. able to if they had that in place, um, which is why when Foster and Sester came through in America and it took away websites like Backpage, all that did was take away an opportunity for people to, or authorities, to infiltrate sex trafficking rings because they've taken that site away. So all these people that were just laying themselves out on the internet saying... I'm a sex trafficker and here are the people I have that you can buy. Yeah. They've, they've just gone, oh, actually, we're, we're going to make sure that that page gets deleted 
so they can't do that anymore. They're not going to stop trafficking people. They're just going to make it way more difficult for you to catch them. And at the same time, you're bundling sex traffickers and sex workers into one, which they're not. They are always conflated and they're different things. If you're being trafficked, you're not working. You've been sold into slavery. Work is not the same thing as being trafficked. Um, But when when you're taking away places like Backpage and you're taking away that initial vetting process, um, not only are you pushing trafficking underground, but you're forcing the people that then had that amazing opportunity to say, you sound like someone I don't want to meet in person, to making it, turning that into a two-second conversation at a car door as to whether or not this person seems safe. Um, It's literally just putting people in danger. And that sounds so, like, grandiose, like, Instagram deleted my account and now I'm going to be killed. But, like, as silly as that sounds, that there is a direct correlation. Yeah, definitely. So what what is this Foster and Sester? So Foster and Sester, um, it's... Oh... It's the, it's, I can't remember the, it's an acronym for something about People Against Sex Trafficking Act. Um, right, okay. But really all that, it, all that was, was a sort of facade of, we're taking all adult entertainment off the internet. Right, okay. did way more harm than it did good. Way yeah. more harm. Um, because it did exactly the, the um, examples I've just laid out is, is exactly yes, what yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is just awful. And we've been fighting for a long time to not have that put into place in the UK. Um, but it's already started to go through, which is awful. And then there's things like um, the Nordic model or the sex buyer law, um, which despite the wording and the pretense of its... Um, uh, the way that it's been shown to governments and the world... Um, is that it decriminalises sex work, which it, it absolutely it does not, which is why we are so against having the Nordic model introduced into the UK. Um, what is that then? So that's basically making it... Um, it's, instead of decriminalising, it's adding more laws surrounding it. So in the UK, at the minute, um, selling sex and buying sex isn't illegal, um, but... There's so many laws surrounding the act itself that are. So, so many of the um, activities associated with buying sex are criminalised, um, right. which, again, leaves workers very vulnerable. So, for example, it is perfectly legal to pay for sex, but it's illegal to pull your car up to a worker and ask if they're available. That's illegal. It's, it's legal to pay somebody but it's illegal for more than one worker to be in the same place. Brothels are illegal. So basically, having an, having a building with security and a receptionist and people on the desk if they're needed and having a little clinic at the side if anyone needs condoms is completely illegal because it's more than one worker working in the same place, and that's seen as bad. But it's legal for somebody to be doing in calls in their own house and if if worst case scenario somebody has a really horrible client who then starts stalking them a sex worker would be um i can't think of the word they'd be wary about contacting the police um because it's far more likely that they'll be prosecuted for being a sex worker than it would be 
their stalker being arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, and there are so many cases of like stings in America where um, police have gone into a brothel, slept with the sex workers, paid for the services, and then arrested them for being sex workers. And and that's completely, they're allowed to do that. Isn't that entrapment though? But it's legal. For, for, a poli- for a police officer to, and there have been cases in the past, of, there was um, a, a, I think a Vice documentary where someone was interviewed. She was, um, a trans worker was picked up by a police officer that she doesn't know as a police officer. He pulled his car up against, I know, Finn, I know, it's awful. He, <laughs> he pulled his car, <laughs> shush for a second, I found a serious story. <laughs> She entered the car, he pulled his car up against a wall so she couldn't open her car door, locked all the car doors, um, proceeded to rape her and then arrested her for being a sex worker and soliciting sex. And she was she was imprisoned for that. Not only that, because she's a trans sex worker, she was imprisoned in, a, in an all-male prison. So, and there are that's like literally one story that happened to have somebody come and speak to her and film that's like i think she mentioned that that was the fourth time she'd been arrested for solicitation sets but it happens all the time and it's just not i know i know it's really upset isn't it it's that is terrible but you can imagine how much that happens i know and it does it happens all the time and it's um there are several cases in the UK of um lap dance bars and stripper um stripper (laughs) Stripper, 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 strip club. I couldn't think of the bloody word for strip club there. Um, it's just falling off the chair trying to get to a treat. That's cool. <laughs> and there have been tons of cases of um, lap dance bars and strip clubs being infiltrated by like secret women organisations and the police um, to try and sort of um, film workers without their consent, which is doxing them completely and um, using their photos and evidence and videos of them um to try and get the places shut down to see if they would offer extra services um and there's there's been there's been countless reports by sex workers that haven't been taken seriously by police of um people coming in to um buy a lap dance assaulting the worker and then reporting back to their superior to say that this worker is offering extra curriculars, which obviously isn't true. She's just been assaulted. But if she was to go off to report that, yeah, she'd be more than likely she'd be arrested or been yeah. given a warning for yeah soliciting sex in a public place. Absolutely ridiculous. It would be better for everyone if there were places that were secure where clients were vetted that they would be taxable. Yep. <laughs> you know, the government... Because we pay so much tax. ...money out of it. I know. The so amount, like, honestly, surely... last year, Jesus, the amount of tax I paid, Christ alive. I've, like, that. last year's the first year that I've, like, tipped over the next tax bracket. Right, okay. Jesus Christ almighty. The amount of money, myself, and, like, this morning, me and a couple of my sex worker pals had a nice face time to talk about tax and what's tax deductible and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Because the amount of money that we've paid could cover the NHS fees over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. But um, there's very recently, there's been cases of, um, in Edinburgh, 
um, there's been um, a full council um, imposed blanket ban. They've implemented a nil cap on um, all adult venues within the city, which basically means that they're, they're banning strip clubs and like dancing bars across Edinburgh. Um, this, this, it's been known that this is going to be happening for a long time and sex worker unions and people within Edinburgh and across the UK have been campaigning for a long time to get everyone to sign to say a lap dance uh, bar and a strip club are some of the safest places for women because yeah. if there's the slightest hint the slightest whiff of trouble that person's kicked out like within yeah. that club probably one of the safest places a woman can be I mean yeah. that's that's said with a with a, um, a little bit of salt and vinegar but um, yeah they've uh, despite the desperate pleas of people across the UK and within Edinburgh. Um, the councillors have imposed, they've agreed to impose a ban on them. Um, but where after... does it go underground? Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's not, not going to happen anymore, is it? It, it? It's just like abortion laws. Just because it's against the law yeah. doesn't mean that people aren't going to endanger yeah. themselves in their own homes. Um, but this is after like women's rights groups have said that, or have claimed that sex entertainment were basically the, the venues were like breeding grounds for violence and toxic attitudes towards women and um the trade union uh, i think it was united sex workers um who represent adult performers they basically just accused the councillors and rightly so in my opinion um of just dictating what work women can and can't do well yeah it's just it's just it's another case of people in power um voting to destroy livelihoods that they are in no way affiliated with uh, with no thoughts of the people losing their own source of income. As long if men are making money out of women's bodies, they're fine with it. But as soon as the women start to make money out of their own bodies, that's when there's yeah. a problem. So stupid. It's so stupid. I hate it. I hate the world. I don't hate the world. I just hate some of the no. policies that are in place. Some of the systems oh. that are in place are just awful. It's bullshit. I completely agree with you. And I, I, like you said, wouldn't it be brilliant if there was not this this is why we argue against legalizing we just want to decriminalize them because legalizing yeah means implying implying um putting more and more laws in place um yeah. surrounding sex work but wouldn't it be wonderful if it was just legal and um just it was perfectly decriminalized for three or four workers to rent out a building do it all up like a little mini b and b and have a have a nice little receptionist on the desk and have a little room to the side and have showers in each like that would be so yeah. that would be, not only would that be brilliant for the sex workers and feeling more comfortable and feeling more safe um but brilliant for the clients as well because they're getting to go rather than going down a back alley and having to be yeah. secretive about where they're going because a lot of customers and clients are politicians and they are people in positions of power that don't want to speak out and support about it yeah. for fear of being um, connected to such a deplorable industry. It would be yes. so much easier if everyone just said, sex work is fine, the people that want to do it can do it, and yeah. anybody that wants to be involved or pay for services won't be looked down or judged. So have a nice day, everybody. That would be so much easier. That would be so yeah. much easier. And instead, it's lots of women's rights groups saying, it's, it's demeaning to women to do what they want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and also, if it was, it might lower the 
amount of people that are trafficked, possibly, if it is, yeah. if it is kind of easier to obtain. It's not such a hard thing to Yeah, I mean, it, get, it, sh- you know? it should really be obvious that giving workers more rights is crucial to tackling exploitation. And at the end of the day, it's, it's upsetting, but most of the sex worker um, protests and stuff that I've been on is literally just saying, we want rights, we want workers' yeah. rights, like any, yeah. other, yeah. any other industry. Um, yeah. But we're not given that because it's seen as, well, no, you're being exploited. All right, well, I'm making money. <laughs> I enjoy my job. It's yeah. not like somebody's put me in a room and said, you've got to take 54 tours of your tits right now. Yeah. I've chosen to sit in that room and take 54 tours of my tits. I've edited Is that how many you take? <laughs> <laughs> so, on a, do you work every day? How yeah. much work does it entail? Oh, well, the, it's like any other self-employed business. I'm, because it's my business and I can work my own hours, in the back of my brain, I think to myself, well, that means that you should be working all hours of the day then. It's your business yeah. and yep. you only earn however much work you put into it. So from the minute I get up, well, maybe not the very minute because I'm trying not to do that anymore. But with my first coffee, I'm answering emails and messages. Yeah. Um, I'm planning out sets. If I was more organised with my time, I wouldn't be working the hours that I'm working. I'd be working, I'd be working smarter, not harder. But I'm disorganised, so I work hard, yeah. not smart. Um, but yeah, I'm either I'm either shooting, or I'm editing, or I'm interacting with fans because one of the brilliant things about the sex industry nowadays is that I mean it's brilliant and it's bad. Customers and fans do have instant access to the stars that they love. Um, yeah. But that also means we have a hell of a lot of work because I might have two hundred to three hundred messages in a day that I have to get back to, and each one of those people. I genuinely appreciate them being there and I want them yeah. to feel appreciated. So yeah. it, it isn't like I'm sending a copy and paste to every single person. I'm sat writing to all these people, correspondence. That must part. be so time consuming. Oh yeah. And then you've got on top of that promoting, which at the minute I can only really do on Twitter without being banned or I can do it sneakily and cleverly, which I shouldn't have to do it sneakily and cleverly, but I do on things like Instagram. Yeah. Um, so you've got all the marketing side of it as well, the promotion, any sort of graphic making. I've got my website. And going back to how expensive it is to run these websites, there's a reason that every sex worker doesn't have her own website. It's time-consuming. It costs a lot of bloody money. So we need yeah. sites like this to do all that for us, to bring all the traffic in. Because we're busy doing 17 other bloody jobs at the start yeah. of the day. There's making the content, there's putting it all out, there's getting people to come and buy the content. So... Yeah, it's, a lot of it is just like any other um, self-employed job where you haven't also employed um, someone to do your marketing for you. There's there's, yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. So with your subscriptions, so people can basically contact you at any time of the day? Yeah. And we'll expect a response? Yes. Yeah. And if so I don't reply, you... like within a day, I get messages of, I'm a bit disappointed that you don't reply to your messages. And ugh, ugh, you've not been here very long then, because I do I just yeah. it. And then things like my laptop breaking down, I'm now yeah. a week and a half behind on my editing. And it's only so many hours of the day I can look at my phone. Yes. So yeah. I've had to just sort of like post, really sorry, my laptop's been 
drowned by my dog. <laughs> so full mug of fresh coffee. And it was a bloody good coffee as well. So I'm annoyed at that. Um, but yeah, not having my laptop for a week pushed me behind work massively. So now I'm just sort yeah. of blindly trying to get through it all, pretending that I'm not drowning in work, <laughs> which is great. How do you get your inspiration for your content? Oh my gosh, brilliant question. Thank um, you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Really? Think, yeah, people just sort of, I don't think people ever really ask about the content. <laughs> but the, the, you do have to be, like Easter's coming up, so I could do a sexy bunny. I could dress up yes. as an egg, which I really want to do. Last year I did, I drew Easter eggs and then I put eggs in my photo sets. And if you found an egg, you had to tell me which photo you found the egg in and you get a prize. So there's just, there's a good all idea. Yeah, the, you but there's like- your boobs as Easter eggs. Oh my God. Excellent idea. <laughs> Excellent idea. Love that. I'm going to be going and um, I'm house sitting for my friend for the next two weeks. And she lives near a farm, which is basically a farmhouse. So I'm going to get some ears. I'm going to go down to where all the hay is. And I'm going to, oh, I'm going to Photoshop eggs all over the haystacks. And if you tell me how many eggs there are, you're going to win something. There's just things like that. Like, yeah, it's coming up. There's all sorts you can do for Val. Anytime there's basically like any, like any skincare brand or any brand ever, you kind of go with the times of year. Christmas is a big one. Valentine's yeah. Day is a big one. New Year's. I can market it for my birthday, which is, I did in March and it was very good. I loved it. Any time of year, you kind of go in with all that. Yeah. Like any other brand, you've got to work with the events that are happening around you. That's what I was going to say to you. Like, it's a really, because I know, obviously, you can earn really well. I remember, well, I spoke to someone before on the podcast, and she was saying one of her mates was earning 10 grand a month off yeah. subscriptions, but she literally works every second. Yeah, it, of it every is. Every day to. Yeah. It is, it's, you, it's not you easy money. Putting. Yeah, not definitely. at all. It's not an, like if anyone's thinking about doing it, it's not like, oh yeah, I can just earn 10 grand a month. Like you're literally working for that money. You yeah. know. A lot of, um, especially through the pandemic, we did see a massive influx of newbie sex workers thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's easy cash. I'll just post a few photos of my feet and then I'll earn loads of money. And uh, that's that's not the case. You've, you've really got to yeah. get on it, especially with promoting yourself and... Um, and talking to people like I said like if you've got people messaging you all day that expect a response yeah I mean if do you ever have like one person that just messages you all the time I have several of those <laughs> yeah and how do you deal with that because obviously you can't just spend all your time on them um I, I don't I do tend to, I've got quite a good um little community and Finley please man come here uh, I do have I've built quite a, a kind and caring community among my fans which is wonderful and I do tend to like if I put up a status on there saying I'm gonna get back to everyone's messages but please give me a minute I've, I've, I've got a lot to get through or I'm having a bad day today can people just give me a minute um I do tend to attract respectful people um yeah and I think partly that's because I don't have nothing on my site's cheap um cheap's probably the the not the best word to have used um but i do tend to attract the sort of fans that want to get to know me rather than i've paid three dollars i want to see you fanny and then i want to get out yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
although there is a hell of a lot of money to be made in the sort of there are a lot i have a lot of especially suicide girl fans friends that have a three dollar only fans and they've got all the content on there there's no paywalls or anything um, and they make thousands because they do attract the fans that just sign up and want everything they want immediate and instant gratification whereas yeah. a lot of my content is stick around hang out be my friend and yeah. i might not have thousands of um fans because of that. Finley, really um i don't have like a, a massive humongous fan base but the fan base that i do have tend to spend um yes. yeah which is which is my preferred method yeah. um yeah. Again, like any other business or any other self-run business, <laughs> how are you? Come here, there. come here, up. Um, uh, like any other self-run business or um, any other brand, the way that you present yourself and the way that you conduct business will attract different clientele. Um, and sex work's definitely something that you can mould to be whatever you want it to be and attract yeah. sort of clients. Um. Or any any kind of client that you want, but you have to. You've got to have a smart head on your shoulders, and you've got to have a business mind going about it. It can't just be. Gotcha. I fancy making a lot of money. I'm just going to post photos on my feet because it's yeah. it's not as simple as that. You can make an yeah. account and you can post five hundred photos, but if you've not promoted yourself, no one's ever going to see it. So you've done all. Yeah. I say you've done all that work. You've done five minutes photo taking for nothing yeah. because no one knows that you're there. Um, and building building a fan base and a loyal fan base takes years, which is another yeah. reason that the over censorship on Instagram stuff is so rough because some people have built a fan base over ten plus years and then yeah. have it deleted over a bikini photo. Yeah, which is just oh, awful, awful. That is awful. That is awful. Yeah, and if I, this is another thing of if we had proper workers' rights, would be able to contest these things more yeah. properly. And, um, social sites like Instagram would be less able to just boot us off because we have legal rights to promote our businesses on there like any other, yeah. like Smyrna Fies do. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a great business, but it's hard. And how do you feel doing it because obviously it is quite a taboo job isn't it i mean yeah i'm very much of the i don't think it's anyone's business what you do for a living if you're happy doing what you're doing and you're not hurting anyone the way you live your life do you know what i mean i'm very much like it's whatever yeah. whatever's good for you and i am it's the thing that everyone wants really isn't it <laughs> to a certain <laughs> yeah. extent so why not make a living out of it you know, yeah. it's that kind of... But obviously, in our society, it still is mm. kind of a bit of a... Oh, definitely. It's definitely still yeah. taboo. Um, I think it's, sex work is one of those rare jobs where if you have a disability or if you have, like, an anxiety disorder or depression, it's a job that you can do from the comfort of your own home. It's a job you can do if, if um, you've got a disability that affects your movement if you're having a day where you can't get off the sofa, you can work from your sofa. It's yeah. it's a job that literally anybody from any any group of people can do and are able to do um, if you've got the time and the energy to put into it. And, oh, 
and the skills and the alarms are going off for me to take my meds, but that's that's fine. Um, Finn, you're falling off the sofa. You're falling off. <laughs> it's just I'm totally falling off it. That could be. A- Who's like um, a two-year-old? He uh, honestly, he? he's so um. The little boy that I co-parent called Harley, whose mum is Jane, who I love immeasurably. Um, when I first adopted Finley, he and Harley were like at the same development stage of life. And it is, it's weird how it felt like I'd adopted the dog version of yeah. my little boy. <laughs> Very odd. And he's just stayed a, an annoying little two-year-old. Anyway. Um, but yeah, but it's... it's um, for me, I've worked I've worked as a cleaner, I've worked in retail, I've done a lot of jobs, um, and sex work is the only job that I sort of felt I can work my own hours, I can do my own shit. Um, I'm not working for anyone else. If I if I'm getting up early and I'm travelling an hour to a photo shoot and then I'm not getting home until nine PM and I'm knackered, I'm not doing that for anyone else. That's all for me. That's yeah. my business. Um, no one's taken the cut apart from the tax man. Um, yeah. It's it, it's all my my business and I love that because everything like where I now live, the things that I've been able to buy, I've I've worked fucking hard for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've happened to do it in a job that's also given me massive confidence. It's introduced me to phenomenal people that are like minded and like within sex work. Obviously, obviously there are. A little faction of people that are going to be absolute dicks and assholes, but sex workers open me up to the most open-minded, liberated people, and it sort of it does tend to attract um, weird and wonderful, marginalised people, and we're all sort of like in a community, and we all fight for each other's stuff. And if if a sex worker shares, um, like a GoFundMe for someone who's saving up for uh, the breast augmentation or if they're trans and they need to have an operation done like we all sort of club together and that's I I can't think of another industry where so many different kinds of people from different groups would sort of all just come together and go well we're all going to support each other because we're all being dicked by the government so let's all just be friends instead and like like I said at the start of the podcast when I first started um I really didn't like my labia. I really didn't like my my body at all. Um, and sex work helped me... Sex, sex work forced me and helped me to stop self-harming. Um, I, I, I still have disordered eating, but I don't have a dis- eating disorder anymore because it's like the, those are things that I'd have to explain to my fan group, um, yeah. my, my fan base. And so although it sort of created a thing of, if I go on a photo shoot and I've got fresh cuts, I've got to explain that. So yeah. it forced me to stop, but also gave me a reason to not do it anymore. Um, yeah. It made me a lot more comfortable in myself. I'd never... Watching um, porn on porn sites... That's, if it's free, it's stolen. Just going to put that out there. Pornhub is all stolen content unless they've put it up themselves. And if they've put it up themselves, go and sign up to their private accounts, please. Give them money. If it's free, it's stolen. Um, but watching watching porn on sites like that when I was younger made me think that I had something wrong with me because I didn't have a porn vagina and my body didn't look like that. And it wasn't until I 
kind of discovered amateur porn and um people working within the sex industry that I've realised that all bodies are different and not only is, is my vagina gorgeous, um, but she's totally normal. And yeah. Yeah. ten years in the industry, last month I shared my first ever open <gasps> leg foresaw set. Oh. oh and do you know what? I didn't feel any fucking different. After I'd shared it, I thought I was going to feel this sense of like, oh my God, I did it. And I didn't feel any different. The only thing I thought was, I could have been making this much money for this long. And instead, my own insecurity didn't let me do it. But being in this industry has just made me love myself so much more. And hopefully now, I'm going to be able to, there's going to be some girl somewhere or some vagina owner that's going to come across my content and go, oh, her bits look like mine. Oh, my God, and she's showing them off and people are paying to see her bits. This is amazing. Because if I'd have known that when I was young, if when I was a teen, if I'd have known that people pay to see vaginas like mine, I wouldn't have felt so, so bad and so shameful about mine. Sex yeah. workers may be the least shameful ever, and it's seen as this, like, shameful thing, and I'm just like, yeah. love your body, everyone. It's great. I love it. I'm very happy for you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for you as well. That's really lovely. Thank you. I'm I'm very um, I'm very lucky that like my I've never I've never really had the sort of thing in my brain of what's appropriate to speak about. There's something going on there. I don't understand appropriate timing for things at all. but so I've never really had that sort of block of not talking to my friends and family about what I do for work. Um, yeah. And I'm very lucky that my mum and all my family know that I'm going to do it regardless. So you can either support me and be a part of my journey and still yeah. talk to me or you cannot be in my life anymore. Um, yeah. So I'm very, very lucky to have a very supportive family. My, all my family knows what I do. I don't hide what I do from anybody. All my friends yeah. know. Um, and it's kind of... Any friend that I've had that isn't that doesn't know about the sex industry has learned through me, and then become more open to it. So the more open yeah. we are about sex work and body positivity in general, the more Finley will cry. Exactly. At the end of the yeah. day, <laughs> sex work is just the best job ever, and it's just it just builds everyone up and makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Uh, it was so lovely, darling. I'm going to have to go now because my radiators are now being drained, so everything's just going off. Yeah, your radiators you are going them? crazy. I can't, thankfully. Okay. But, yeah, you know, I've had Finley friends all the time. washing machines in my, front, in my room. Oh, but um, thank you so much for sharing. Thank and you. And it was really lovely seeing you. And I will hopefully see you soon. I'm going to try and get down. That would be lovely. I'd love to, to see Margate. you. I'm sorry that my... I've had such a off on a tangent brain and Finley's been crying this whole time. Um, no, you're fine. You're absolutely <laughs> fine. Stop apologising. Honestly, it's been absolutely fine. He's lovely and you're lovely. And it's lovely seeing you. But yes, I will see you soon. And thank yes, you please. so much. And sorry this has all been a bit... Me bloody plumber turned up in the middle of it. I know. This podcast, the universe has been against it, honestly. Yep. We're going to have to do but another one because... in like... <laughs> time. Yeah. <laughs> One where we're both sounding like we know what we're talking about. We'll do one. When we come and see you, we'll do another one. I would love that. Yes. (laughs) Oh, all right, darling. Love you lots. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. See ya.
So yes, that was the lovely bee. I'll put um, links to her social media and everything so you can follow her. If you want to discuss anything that we spoke about in the podcast with me, then please get in touch or with B. Um, or if you would like to come on and talk to me about anything, then again, just get in touch. I'm always looking for people to talk to because I like talking about all different kinds of things. So yeah, but I really enjoyed that. Love B. Love Finley. He's beautiful. You need to check out, I'll put a link to it, but she's got a instagram for him as well he's just such a beautiful dog and yes i hope you are good sorry i think one of my daughters is coming into the bedroom no she's not um yeah i hope you're good i hope you are enjoying this beautiful sunshine we've been having happy easter it's easter sunday isn't it <gasps> and i didn't eat any of my kids eggs i did buy more to eat but I didn't actually eat the ones that I got for them and I've had them in the house for over three weeks so that is a big achievement for me because normally I would eat them and then rebuy them and I haven't so yeah, well done me but yeah, big love to you all, happy Easter hope you get lots of chocolate and I will see you next week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.